Hey kids, this is Aaron from the podcast that wouldn't die. And Kevin and I use Zencaster. You think you're better than us, that you're using something else? You're wrong. Zencaster's the place to be. Who are you to deny it? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code DIEHARD and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Only a fool will give up a chance for a 30% discount. Hey, this is David from the Piecing It Together podcast, a podcast about movies and the movies that inspire them. For over four years each week, a guest and I take a look at a new movie through the lens of what other movies we think were either an influence or connect in some other way. It's a fun, unique way to discuss films that leads to a great list of other movies to check out that either explore the same themes and ideas or maybe utilize similar filmmaking techniques including special episodes in our side series that twist the format. We've done over 200 episodes, so there's bound to be one on a film you've been thinking about and want to dig deeper into. So check us out on all the major podcasting apps and at piecingpod.com. John Carpenter's The Fog. This is K.A.B. Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here. And let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a happy birthday. We're 100 years old today. And keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. How do? This week, we'll be discussing the horror classic, The Fog. Starring Adrian Barbeau, Hal Holbrook, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Atkins, John Houseman. It's an all-star cast, for goodness sakes. And I don't know if this is the prequel or the reunion from Creepshow. Which came first? That's a question. We're going to answer this episode. Each week on the podcast, I wouldn't die. We discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genres with a comedic twist. Aaron, how are you? I have supposedly, we're just going to work on this costume for this party I'm going tonight. Uh, Our theme is from a Clive Barker book. Oh, really? Which book? The Thief of Always. I'm so bored with it. I got through half of it and I immediately tuned it out even though it's a child's book. So I had to go read Wikipedia to find out what's happening. It's so boring. So our theme tonight is time. How long did I have to think about how do you dress for time? How about the theme for tonight is it's Halloween almost. This That's is all the theme you of, need. 
There's no? prizes. There's prizes, Fred. Oh, uh, so I finally came up with this. I'm just going to wear it. I had this elaborate idea. I'm going to sew. I, I, our fabric store that was right by my house went out of business. So when things dropped to 90% off, I started buying bolts of like red and black tool that I was going to use. And I took a sewing lesson. So I this I was going to make this elaborate gown. And now I'm going to be wearing these jeans and this black sweatshirt. And, uh, so I'm just going to be like one one half of my face will be, you know, old and gnarly. So natural. And the That's other sweet. half, I'm just going to glam up and call that time the ravages. And what or prize are you anticipating being around winning? children. That'll, that'll do it either. <laughs> Who the hell knows? But that way uh, I'll be comfortable because it, it'll be it's freezing cold uh, right now. And uh, so there you have it. And I'm bringing salmon yaki, in case you don't know. That is salted licorice liqueur. I have a friend that who has a brother in, That sounds nice. If you, if you like sambuca, you're going to double down for this. I have a friend whose brother lives in Finland, so I made her bring me back a big plastic jug of it. Isn't Jägermeister kind of a, a licorice liqueur? I think it has anise, but it's disgusting. It's, it's more like totally parente. Disgusting. It's it's, it's like you you do shots of it back in like your freshman year of college or something. It's kind of a dare, essentially. Well, then there was a rumor if your last drink was a Jaeger, then uh, then you wouldn't have a hangover. But it tastes like shit and it costs money. Back in my day when I was in college, I could get a pitcher of Schlitz for three dollars. The malt liquor kings. The Vault Liquor Kings, at, at one point, my favorite bar, that was the only thing they had on draft. You can buy bottles of beer, but who can refuse $3 Schlitz? I knew I. It, was, it was getting uh, uppity when I went back for like a reunion and I asked for a pitcher of beer and they said, what kind? I was like, what? <laughs> you mean you have more than one selection? <laughs> a fine selection of the greatest vault liquors ever. Can I smell the bottle cap? Yeah. Sadly, it's been finally closed down again, and this time permanently, because they just can't stop selling drugs out of the back. So. <laughs> R.I.P. Toby and Jax. R.I.P. Everything's closing down. The fabric store, the drug dealer. Half the bars got, in my little college town have now been permanently closed, and what is now something totally different just because they... Can't stop selling them drugs. Sweet Jesus. I was at, I briefly attended our middle school Halloween party. No drugs there, as far as I know. But so this, this is a, re- a reunion or when you were actually in middle school? No, I'm at, as you know, I hope. Oh, you're a middle, middle school, school teacher. I thought this I'm was some Nellie teacher. Kaufman tales of the devil. No, I was not bringing back. <laughs> yes, I'm reminiscing of 35 years gone by. Um, and they played, <clears throat> they played a kind of a selection of kind of 80-ish uh, Halloween movie or Halloween songs, right? Right. You know, you got Thriller and things like that. But there aren't right. that many Halloween-y songs. So they dipped into like Steve Miller Band's Abracadabra. And I was reminded by how horrible this song is. This song Abra, is... Abracadabra, I want to reach out and grab you. I mean, that lyric alone. They should kick him out of the Hall of Fame as far as that I'm was concerned. their big attempt at getting Poppy instead of Fly Like an Eagle. But to tell you the truth, never been a fan. 
I'm always impressed when somebody starts a band and says, I'm naming it after myself. Want to be my bass player? Want to be my drummer? Yes, it's the Kevin Doherty band. What do you think? Are we already? I mean, it's one thing if you're like, I don't know, Robert Plant, who was like a big, you know, had a lot of success with Led Zeppelin, and then you form another band. And everybody's right. like, okay. But if you're just kind of unknown Joe, and you're like, I'm still naming the band after me. What do you think? I have the van. I have it's my van. I have the van. And my parents let us practice in the garage. It's my band. Right. Anyway. And it's not always the lead singer. It, it, it's not. I mean, it, it makes more sense than like Sugar Ray. Who's Sugar Ray? Hey, Sugar Ray, what's up? That's not my name. Jethro Tull? Jeth There's... Where's Jethro? <laughs> <laughs> As I said, the lad of the rock flute, the band with the rock flute. You Whee! can't go wrong with the rock flute. The Jay <laughs> Giles band. Jay Giles was not the lead singer. I know. That's very confusing. That's very confusing. So anyway, that's neither here nor People have no idea what we're talking about. Well, they anyway, an Dave Matthews named the band after himself. Was he famous before he was part of the Dave Matthews band? Even that's a 30-year-old reference. Sweet Jesus, here we go. <laughs> and I this can is... tell you, I don't know any Dave Matthews songs. I don't, I, actually, I know no Taylor Swift songs either, so does that help? I, I do does know some Taylor Swift songs. Well, I, I assume living in a house with nothing but women, the Pretty estrogen much. is flowing freely there. It is, it is. Um, the thing about it, it's like I do know that Dave Matthews, I feel like I may know one song. What's the name? Crash? Wasn't that a Dave Matthews song? I don't know, but I did see the movie Crash. Which one? The Ooh, one where no. it's the sexual one. That's David Cronenberg's Crash. Yes! Not the Academy Award winner Crash. No. That people hate, but I secretly love. So there you go. Which, the sexual one? Do not, I do not appreciate the sexual one. I there used to listen to a podcast on that one. No, I, was like, I was like, shit, I remember ripping that at the, at the Blockbuster. <laughs> I, with with you, the pan and scan, you know, and, and uh, to cut out all the the naughty bits, all the naughty bits. Anyway, Holly Hunter Diddlin after a car crash. It was James Spader, right? Yeah, it was an all star cast. Yes. Anywho, we're not discussing Crash at the moment. We're not discussing death cult, <laughs> sexual death cults today. We are, but not. we could at another time. <laughs> we're not taking it off the table. Aaron, <laughs> give us your thirty second synopsis of the fog. Uh, a town is cursed because uh, they they tricked a boatload of lepers to crash so they could rob them and to start their town. But instead, they used the mighty made it giant cross. So then it's very confusing why they needed the money. Anyway, revenge from the dead. And I always do love a good ghost ship story right you know you got it, it it's kind of piratical but they were not pirates i like th that idea in fact there is a movie called ghost ship that i with uh julianne margulies mm -hmm. uh that i remember not being too bad we might have to put that on the list add it to the list what else are we gonna do so um, revenge 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 yeah the end i think this is a movie Perhaps best watched if you're kind of like at a beachy, like on vacation at the beach. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of dark and cold outside. You pop yeah. this in, and it gives you that that right kind of flavor, if you will. Um, I feel like this is a movie that could be done correctly, but I think you need to remove the whole leper thing. Like they caused Father Damien's ship in uh, in Hawaii to crash on the on the rocks that's, for that's greed. That's exactly correct. 100%. And this was run by a priest, and then five generations later. His son is still a priest. I, I'm not sure that's yes. how the Catholic Church works. They I send wrote you that like, down. They send you far, far away. Yes. Okay. What was this the first how is viewing? It his grandson? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That makes absolutely no sense. Is this your first <laughs> viewing of this movie? Oh, Lord, no. You've seen I barely had to watch it. I, I, it was like Creepshow. I barely had to watch it. It's all in grain. I just needed a couple of flavor points for some reason i always forget it's a truckload of lepers <laughs> right i feel like i did not see it obviously i was too young to watch it in the theater or whatever but i don't think i saw it in the 80s i think i saw it in the early 90s because i felt like i had missed a lot of like this was one of those john carpenter movies that i missed like i saw halloween i saw the thing i saw um, escape from new york um but the fog somehow slipped through just slipped through. So I remember seeing it for the first time in the nineties and it's like, people ask us, have you done the fog? Have you done the fog? And we, once again, it kind of slipped through. And I wonder if it's because at least my impression is, is, is I'm kind of like, eh, this is very made for TV vibe. It has that vibe. No question. It's I don't really want to spoil not violent. They really don't see much. What do you mean? You don't want to spoil it. We always give the ending. No, spoil our reviews. Oh. I don't want to spoil our review. Yeah, the, the surprise ending. He was dead all along. He was dead um, all along. It was all the dream of a madman. It was it was an autistic <laughs> child with a snow globe. Yes, that's all it was. Um, no, it, yeah. It, watching it again in this you know Halloween season, all of us is probably going to come out in Christmas. Uh, it it was kind of fun to watch. I will say, but it's, but you're right. It's by no means like a classic of the genre, you know, for right. a lot of, for a lot of simple reasons. It's the <laughs> love boat of horror movies. Right. Absolutely. It's everyone who was, who was doing their thing back during that time. It was, yeah. Meh. Well, and, and why don't we jump I mean, right Like in. I said, the idea has, it, it's like Salem's Lot. Right. Still hasn't been done correctly. This could be done correctly. Although they did a remake in like 2006, I believe, with Selma Again, Blair. Again, still Maggie not Grace. quite there. Still not quite there. Not quite there. I, I just think that there's some plot elements that don't make a whole lot of sense. A hundred percent. And and after they finished it, they came to the same conclusion. They did, John Carpenter basically says this was not one of his favorites. He was not high on cocaine or something. I don't know. Trouble ahead, trouble beyond. Did you did you recognize a John Carpenter cameo in this movie? Oh shit! Was he one of the the undead? No. He at the beginning of the movie, the drunken priest is hanging out in the church by himself while his helper is like closing the windows. Do you need anything else from me? The helper is John Carpenter. And he wouldn't pay him. He's like, he wouldn't pay. Uh, can I get paid? He cut his hours the next day. Yes. I'm sick of that. 
in punishment for you asking to be paid, now you're losing three hours of which I won't pay you anyway. I mean, does it come out of the priest's pocket that he pays the guy to close the windows? I guess I whatever you, to... you don't send to, to Rome and doesn't go in your pocket, is, I mean, for the maintenance. It doesn't look like there's a lot of maintenance going on It there, doesn't appear so. so, does it? Yes, that was... In John Carpenter's style, now this was uh, 81, I believe, if I remember this correctly. He was still sporting that kind of Doobie Brothers long hair and the, and the mustache look. That was his look was through his look. life. So. It was a terrible look. He was into it. He was into. He's married time. to Adri Adrian Barbeau at the time too. By the way, I did not know that they were yes. ever married. I just have to say, men need supervision with their facial hair because we go through these cycles. We do. Where all of a sudden, like men want to be like a fucking catfish, and they get you get this droopy thing. I, I understand you don't have a lot a lot of options. I mean. True. I mean, women come up with uh, ideas and things to do with their hair, but I, I guess men are limited by their imagination. So the best they come up with is the catfish. And now, no one calls it the catfish, by the way. <laughs> and now, these mother efforts are still hanging on to the 90s where you have like a ZZ top fing beard. Oh my God, 90 Day Fiance, Christine just got married to a dude. I'd be like, I wouldn't date you with that crazy bullshit. <laughs> No, I, I've talked to, to Becky about this. The full-on, like, long old beard, like Rip Van Winkle or somebody, where you're just like, that just seems disgusting. I mean, I've got facial it, hair, it obviously. It is. I mean, but you got it tight and clean. You, 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 got you it. wash your face, you wash it. But quite frankly, I think facial hair in men is kind of gross. My ex-husband, his mustache would grow long so he bite the ends so then the ends would get get like split ends and then yes. i'm like just staring at you right either you gotta commit to keeping it tight and clean because that looks good otherwise it looks like you just don't give a f right you don't want to look like crazy hobo this is what you don't want if you can braid it it's too long but quite I frankly agree. nah i don't want any sectional hair <laughs> if you want to do this little fucking chops. thing, but you need to be working it every time, every day. It needs to be. <laughs> I don't know about every day, but it shouldn't be like a long, old crazy scraggle thing. Speaking as a woman, there's a fine line. If it's too short, then it's like kissing someone with razor blades. That is true. And so it has to be just long enough that it's soft and not going to stab me, but not too long that your lunch is like nestled in like a bird. Well, here's the thing. It's like there have been times I have clean shaven and Becky doesn't like it because the only way you can be clean shaven is if you do shave every day. You Correct. have to shave every, like get every ounce of, you know, of pokies, get them off there every day. There's like no our way father. Like our right. father shaved every day. And, and many people do. do. Many men do. I, that was never going to be me, you know, never. It, like I do once a week, maybe twice a week if I was feeling like Electrolysis? Can you get, can you get the laser? Just sp spread nair on your face every morning. My husband had a friend who had the laser, but it was a little too late because he was already getting a little salt with his pepper. So now it, so the laser took off all the black. But now he just has weird patches of gray that grows. So it oh, kinda, that's perfect. It didn't, didn't quite work it didn't out take. the way. That's yeah. lovely. 
Let's talk about this for another 20 minutes. Uh, (laughs) So, okay. Basically, the plot of this thing is a hundred years ago um, in this frontiersy kind of beachy area. The frontier uh, of Northern California. Of Northern California. There was a small community that lived there and a wealthy leper and his gang of lepers wanted to move up the coast. They lived on an island, like Molokai or something. Yes. Some they, they're sailing from Molokai with Father Damien. With Father Damien, with Michael Damien. From, uh, <laughs> Young and the Restless. And they were like, hey, is it cool if we form our little leper colony just up the coast? And the, the townspeople were like, I'm not so sure about having some crazy old lepers, even though they're very nice people. Nothing wrong with them, but they're they're lepers. Let's be honest. So rather than just say no thanks, we're going to set a signal fire in a wrong place. And when the fog rolls in, the leper boat will come in and crash on the rocks, killing all the lepers. And then we can go, I don't know, diving for their gold because they're wealthy. We can go in there with... You know, a diving bell. I mean, I don't know what they're plant. They're just going First down. First of all, why do they need to ask permission from these mofos? Uh, when it, I bought this house, I didn't go around my neighbor and say, is okay? Is okay you're I right. This house? Legally, no permission was, was needed. But I think the, the kindly lepers were like, hey, we know we're lepers. You know, we don't want to cause, we don't want any issues. With I don't want you labor. walking down the trail and just seeing an old arm. <laughs> I have you don't off. want that. And I don't, you don't want, want you to that. be concerned. They're, they're sensitive. They're sensitive to that. So they, they murder like the town elders, six elders, uh, including the local priest, mm-hmm. conspire to murder all the lepers and steal their gold. Later in the movie, it's revealed that the priest took the gold because he felt so racked with guilt, took all, stole all the gold from his fe- fellow conspirators and molded it into a giant golden cross which he hid in the walls of the church with his journal where he described every minute detail of the crime. Makes no sense, makes no sense, makes no sense. The other elders, we've just killed all these people. They needed the money to set up the town. Right. Which I don't know what that means if there's a town already there. That's correct. Uh, And everybody said, okay. No, they've already killed a boatload of people. Uh, father so-and-so took a walk late at night. We don't know what happened to him. He would have well, but they don't know off. that the priest stole the gold. Well, where they do they think that. all the gold went? They don't know. The, they think they know somebody stole it, but they don't know who took it. So, so that's all like, there is Whatever. It's so, cool. <laughs> now, they, the murder of the lepers was, was helped by some fog that happened to blow in that day so that they couldn't see where they were going, blah, blah, blah. Correct. So now, 100 years later... Uh, oh, you doing... forgot the part. Oh, later. According me. to the legend, yes, when the fog it never got foggy again in San Francisco after that. So, and then when the fog returns, so will Father Damien and his and his crew of lepers. That's correct. <laughs> so a hundred years later, the, they're celebrating the centennial of the town. Now the fog's rolling back in. And, and no now, one was surprised. How weird. It never gets foggy here. No one said that. No, there's never a moment where they like, said. like, what's that fluffiness coming in from the coast? What is this? I'm unfamiliar. That glows. I'm unfamiliar. So the fog is back. And I guess the, the ghostly leper 
pirate people are now, whenever the fog rolls in, inside the fog are the, the ghosts of the lepers with like hooks and swords and shit. And they. Hay hooks. One dude had a hay hook. They had horses on there too? They had or? horses. They Did had they all go to the, like the, the feed store before they went into the town to buy all That's the hay correct. hooks? Okay. That's correct. They need oh, all that good sure. stuff. Uh, so now they're on the rampage for the six conspirators. And the entire time I was watching this, I kept saying to myself, how about come back when those six people are still alive? That's what I say. How about come back the next week? Right. I wait a hundred years because Lord knows, no, in a hundred years, your descendants never leave. So the town is yes. like rabbit just multiplying, multiplying, and no one ever leaves. Including the priest, as you said. The priest has a great grandson. So I don't know, yeah. it's like the thorn birds? I mean, what's the situation here? Uh, clearly, I'm not sure how the priest has a great grandson. Yeah. Who's also a priest. So it's a Who's family. Who's also a priest. <laughs> it's like a king. You hand it down. You, you pass it. Exactly. It's a family trade. It's how they this do is it. Some, this is a cult. This is a kill cult town. But the, I mean, and the, the gooch about this movie is it seems like the ghostly lepers murder just whoever they come upon. And then later they're like, oh, by the way, those were the six. Six conspirators' uh, descendants. By, oh, the by rest the of way. people could have been just sitting on their their decks, drinking hot cider, watching the zombies go by, killing uh, everybody else because it's like, ain't my family. Right. I mean, theoretically, that's what should have been allowed to occur, except for the fact that Adrian Barbeau is being chased up on the lighthouse by a bunch of ghostly hook wielding creatures, and yeah. clearly she wasn't one uh, descendant of one of the. Uh, people so yeah, that was a little ding dong daddy oh and she was given the the did you ever see that movie play misty for me she was yes, given absolutely. some play misty for me vibes that whole when there's eggs was and our smooth jazz and <laughs> smooth what's up town of whatever well, it's the town. only radio station in town and it's in the lighthouse I kept thinking, because there's a scene where she's on the radio telling everybody, oh, you know, avoid this street, the fog's rolling in. You know, go that way. Everybody head to the church kind of thing. And But when you see the lighthouse, it's literally at the bottom of the hill on the edge. It's like, what angle are you using to see all of the town, by it's the way? It's a Point Reyes lighthouse, and it is easy to get to and a bitch to get back. There's 350 steps all yep. the way down there. Which are like, la, 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 la. And then they have these pull-offs for when you go back up. Because you're like, <gasps> but she's I like carrying groceries up and down. Give me a funicular or something. I mean, don't, don't <laughs> let me walk those <laughs> things. Need more funiculars. Absolutely. If I owned a mansion and it was on the top of a hill or at the bottom of a ravine, it's got to have a funicular. Absolutely. No you question. don't want the, the servants carrying you on uh, a thing on your <laughs> on a shoulders. Up there, yes. a rick, not a rickshaw. No wheel at all. Force them to put your full weight on their shoulders. And That's what, yes. I need, I need four, like, manservants <laughs> carrying me around from place to place. Is that too much to of you. <laughs> I, I like Why how... Why don't women servants carrying your ass around? A riding crop, absolutely. <laughs> there, the, the movie opens... With crispy old John Houseman on the beach telling uh, an old tale of, you know, basically the exposition of the story, essentially. To, at midnight. Uh, at midnight. I brought my child off yes. to the beach with some crazy old uh, 
seafaring captain drunk whatever Absolutely. and to fill him with horror so when he comes to bed at one in the morning uh he's gonna go sleep like a baby now that baby's gonna be up till dawn crying there's no way this makes a lick of sense that the townspeople dropped off all of their preteens with Captain Ahab, the local town pedophile, for all I know. This could have been like a Pied Piper situation. And then he loaded <laughs> them up on the boats. It could be. And it's basically like, I'm going to take your kids out to the water at midnight. Is that cool? No other parental supervision necessary. I'll bring them back in tears. How's that sound? Yes, sounds They'll great. Never sleep in their own room again, <laughs> or ever again anywhere. Frankly, <laughs> it's like, look, how about tell the tale at six thirty, six thirty in the <laughs> evening, get them home for you know, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, what else, what you got? Oh my god, you know, let me look at my notes here. <laughs> Take your there's, time. There's crazy Vivian Lee bebopping and snapping. You got super young Jamie Lee Curtis getting together super with young. the old man from Halloween 3. Tom and they're Atkins. making it work. That's when it was fun to be a hitchhiker. That's how you get your dates. Oh, we, we have to talk about this. shitty San Diego. And I'm yes. on my way to where she went, Washington, selling her pictures that they can't show us because they're clearly <laughs> so terrible. Tom Atkins with no mustache. Sans mustache. He looks weird. Tom Atkins looks weird with no mustache. I'm sorry. It's like we may mock his crazy. It's weird to see people without a mustache when they've always had it. I remember my my ex-husband always had a mustache, and then he shaved it. And it was like, your lip is so big. It's like your lip is twice as long. Right. I kept saying, like, know. I don't know who you are. It <laughs> completely changes your face. And his mom was, like, offended. Because, of course, like, I got to tell it like it is. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no one can read your lips or hear you, Aaron. So uh, I'm saying, <laughs> sweet Jesus. No, when I, I always tell the story and it, it upsets my youngest because when she was young, Lucy, I shaved my face clean and she came in and she kind of recoiled and then later said, Dad, you look so plain. <laughs> you look like Nosferatu is what she said. Absolutely. No, so Tom Atkins, I don't know what he is. He's just some dude driving a truck and there driving is Jamie. Driving a truck the and a seafarer. Is he? Is he a seafarer as well? well I don't he, know. He jumped out. He knows everyone's fishing schedules. Oh, He's on a boat going out to rescue the people from the, the little dinghy or whatever. Yeah, no Coast Guard necessary. I got this. No. Um, He'll be mad if you call search and rescue. He's only right. been gone a couple extra days. So he picks up hitchhiker Jamie Lee Curtis, who looks frighteningly young. Yes. Is, frankly. Um... And he's like drinking a beer, drinking a beer. He's like, "Hey, I want a sip." And she's like, "Okay, sure." And she's, like, it's my she's breakfast like, beer. "My breakfast Schlitz." Absolutely. And she goes, "You know, you're the thirteenth person uh, I've been hitchhiking with." He's like, "Oh, 13, That's unlucky." And she's like, "We'll see." Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> we'll see. Oh, Jamie Lee, what are you doing? Don't do it. <laughs> Problem is Tom Atkins, like in the when he was in movies that I was familiar with, maybe he was in stuff in the 50s for all I know. He 
always seemed way too old to be shacking up with these chicks. I mean, from Halloween three, <laughs> how we show that scene from Halloween three season of the witch where he's in bed in the afterglow and he turns to the girl and goes, how old are you anyway? And she says, I'm older than I look. I mean, that's not a good answer. That's not a good answer. I know I look 12, but I'm really 14. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> no, that's bad. That's bad. I, I imagine his character has one of those 70 bumper stickers that says like gas, grass, or ass. No one rides for free. Absolutely. I, if they still that. sell those, I'll throw those. There were one on the back of the Prius. Why not? On the family van. On the family van. <laughs> Absolutely. On the minivan. The Honda Odyssey. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but it, it goes back to his, whenever he's in a John Carpenter movie, Tom Atkins, it's, it's a rule. He has to hook up with somebody at least 35 years younger than him. At least. It's in the rider. It's it's in his contract, and he there has to be at least one scene where he's drinking and driving. <laughs> there has to be. I don't know if he's like, can I just ad lib this? What if I have a bud in my hand while I'm driving? I just happen to have one in my pocket anyway. <laughs> Chuck, look, I'm I'm drinking this one way or the other. So cameras on, cameras off, whatever you want to do. You tell me. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I like to think that conversation happened. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. But it is that thing <laughs> where we're talking about where it's like, he is like the investigator. I mean, is he the main character of this movie? I'm not, I don't even know who the, is it Adrian Barbeau is the main character? It's an ensemble yeah, cast. Let's it's an ensemble that. and there you go. Because really, first of all, why Tom Atkins is even there with Jamie Lee Curtis really has nothing to do with him. Right. Right. It's Hal Holbrook. It's, it's Adrian Barbo. Right. Well, what's interesting is if you watch this movie, you realize Adrian Barbo is never on set with another actor ever. No, wait, that's not true. One time with her son. Yes. One time with her son in bed. And by the way, can I say, this is the Adrian Barbo that I appreciate. She is foxy as can be in this movie. You she's got those big titties and she's <laughs> yellow. <laughs> I wasn't going to say has, all like, that. She has the torpedo boobs. They're like, she has like the 1950 boobs. Yeah. Was, she was hitting the back with a pair of bazooka shells. No question. You, you know, she, well, and her hair is kind of foxy. I keep saying foxy because yeah. it's 1979. She has a certain Adrian Barbo look. Right. I Absolutely. She had, like, at the time, I always thought she had the most awesome name. Now it looks like, it sounds like a 70s porn name. but It absolutely does. No question. <laughs> but the thing is, is that maybe the next year is when she adopted the the tight curl, like afro kind of like look. It's like she rolled into a wig right. almost. It's like a helmet. It is, exactly. Where it's like Dr. J would look at her hair and be like, man, that's an afro. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a thing where I did not find that nearly as attractive that look was and this movie she's kind of kind of soft you know what i mean she's kind right. of like feminine every other thing i've seen her and she's like kind of tough as nails like she's a biker chick or something like that you mean? She, she's <laughs> crazy uh, drunken right. lady drinking whiskey and milk uh in creep show <laughs> emasculating everyone she can find Absolutely. and let's just say it they they need emasculation <laughs> they 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 do. We we do. Let's 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 be honest. Let's call it what it is. General, but all all these characters. It was all like I said. It was, it oh, was so all, not all men all in general. So thank you. Virginia Woolf. 
I would like to have seen that redone with Adrian Barbo. Adrian Barbo and who? Hal Holbrook? Get him in there? Yeah. You pay for that, wouldn't you? I don't know if I would, but <laughs> there you have it. Sweet Jesus. Um, there is, I guess it's a boat of fishermen. There's like three fishermen, I'm assuming, out in the water who've been out all day. I'm a yeah. saying, I'm assuming we're fishermen because we only meet them when they're all below deck, laying on bean bags or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> like it's an opium you can't den. You have a fishing boat without bean bags, 100%. <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. I mean, were they passing the opium pipe? I mean, it, they were just like laying there <laughs> with beers they in their hands. They're fishing. But why do you spend the night when you're clearly like an hour away from the port? Well, they weren't like, going like to spend the a... night. That then wasn't why were they plan. all drunk inside? Because if you're going to fish, why not get drunk and lay down? <laughs> Because <laughs> your, your, uh, so the fishing pod is now like turning into Slopus Jalopus down below, something like that. Well, what what is it? It's like the the radar station weather guy tells Stevie James the DJ to let the boat know that the fog's rolling and maybe it's time to come back into port. Something I like used that. to know some. Ch- I, I've known a Stevie back in the day. Stevie. I mean, that's a name yep. you don't hear with the chicks anymore. Well, you know, Stevie Nicks was obviously uh, Well, the I one. mean, this Stevie was not as old as Stevie Nicks. <laughs> so you say. I always found Stevie it interesting. Stevie Nicks is like our parents' age. She's like 102. She is. She is. I always found it interesting that there was Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, and the girl and the boy are not who you think they are, right? <laughs> if just looking at their names, you got to switch them. Lindsey's the guy. Lindsey Buckingham the... was very cute back in his day. Now, speaking of an, of an afro, 70s Lindsay yeah. Buckingham had a full afro. I, I want to think he just had a pick. He would just pick it out. And it would <laughs> go beyond the reach of his arm. Absolutely. He had to have a second person to continue to pull the pick through. Well, and, and that's what's so funny is the rest of Fleetwood Mac. By the way, audience, we just talk about where the hell it comes into our minds. It's very stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. The rest of Fleetwood Mac basically looks the same. They look older. But the fashion, the styles are pretty much the right. same. Lindsey Beckingham of the 70s. Flash, you know, smash cut three years later, short hair, clean shaven. He 70s, big, big old grizzly beard, huge afro, yeah. 70s. He was, and, and 2023 Lindsey Buckingham is actually the guy from uh, Crowded House now. Lindsey got the boot. Oh, they... Wait a minute. You're right. Lindsey Buckingham is not part of Fleetwood Mac anymore. I think he quit. Was he fired? I heard he he got the boot. Oh, well, such is life. So now it's, I don't know, one of the fins. So the weird old fishermen get the notice, hey, come back to shore, but uh uh-oh, the fog's rolled in. And that's when, you know, the guys go on deck, a bunch of pirates pop up and dispatch them quickly. First of all, the fog is about three miles away, and I'm pretty sure they could have made it back. If they weren't so drunk and laying on each other after some <laughs> homoerotic situation. Yes, they were laying on each other, as per yeah. usual. Uh, as you, see a lot, you see a lot in this kind of time period, speaking of facial hair, like pretty much every other character had some kind of beard or just, just a mustache. It was, it was the time of like, I'm still kind of carrying around that, you know, Leonard Skinner kind of look. You said it was 81. 81 might as well be the 70s. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you don't go 
from just flared jeans and then there's a record scratch. Now everyone's wearing day glow, you know? No, it's true. It's true. There's a little bit of a, of a cheat, a little, uh, you know, Transition. A, a fade, if you will, into the next decade. Um, but the, the crazy scene is the guy who is like, I'm going to go downstairs and get the boat going. A ghostly dude comes up to him, grabs him by the throat, and just takes some kind of a hook and goes right into his eyeballs. Boop, boop. Dig it out. Dig it out. <laughs> Which seemed unnecessary. It was like, e. The other guy just gets stabbed. You, I'm making a special effort just to go boop, boop. Bye-bye eyeballs. He's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It wasn't... So. This movie isn't particularly scary. No, and it's not. It wasn't particularly scary. It wasn't particularly uh, violent. I mean, well, that was yucky. But, well, it, it really but you don't see graphic. it. No. You don't see it. You just see, you know, I think you, maybe you see the back of the guy's head. Uh, and it would have been funnier if, if it came through. It would be like, beak. <laughs> well and and the notes that i found is that john carpenter was trying they didn't have pg-13 this time he was trying to make a pg movie he was trying okay. to limit the amount of gore and all that stuff to make it more kind of mainstream now it's just the opposite you they want a hard r well it depends it depends what we're talking about what they've discovered is there's like you know a bell curve and PG-13 is now the sweet spot because then you can get all the young kids. If you do hard R, then you're eliminating all the young kids. Good. Mm. I want them the f*** out of my theater. And <laughs> yeah, but I want, they pay. I want all the jackasses who keep checking their phone or my asshole friends who keep checking their watch. Do, really? Do, really? Do. really? Do you think this is 911? Are you responding? Is this important that I'm getting a laser beam of light into my eyes? Yes, it's very important. It's important. What? I'm a doctor. I'm a surgeon. Absolutely. Um, no, he was trying. He was trying because, again, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, G is general audiences. It's supposed to be for everybody, right? PG was not supposed to be for everybody. Parental guidance is suggested. It means, that means it's parents' fault. You decide. Right. Well, it's meant to be. Check it out, parents. More mature themes, but even right. by the 80s, parents were like, PG's, it's not R, good enough, let's go. And then parents got freaked out by Temple of Doom, people getting their hearts ripped out, and gremlins are throwing creatures in the microwave, things like that. People were disturbed. Ghoulies, uh, certain other films, where they're like, okay, well, now we have to have PG 13, which will let people know, hey, now we're serious about those mature themes. So. There you go. So, back in the old days, if it was a Disney, Disney's were all G. Mm-hmm. And then you had the shift that was like, Disney wasn't going to put out anything that wasn't a G. And I think it was the 90s where we start seeing the shift that all of a sudden Disney could be PG. Well, right. but And there was also Disney released, even in the 70s, started to release kind of live action things where you wonder, is it still, it may not be like F-bombs and nudity or gore or whatever, but again, the themes are starting to get. Or Dr. Sin, alias the Scarecrow. That's correct. You know, don't you? (laughs) No, it was like the Black Hole, um, uh, the Devil and Max Devlin with Bill Cosby and Elliot Gould. those were not released under Disney. They had a separate production company that they could put a name on it so it didn't say Disney. 
Right. What was it? They they had I know Dark they had Pencil. Hollywood videos. They had there was another one that's name escapes me. Touchstone? Was that Touchstone? Them? Or is that touch it's either Touchstone is either that or that was um you know, who's who's the the, the big Hollywood molester? Uh, oh, the Weinstein Company. Yeah. <laughs> that was not. I, I think he had a finger in a lot of pies. <laughs> Miramax Dimension yeah. Films. Anywho, we keep digressing. For God's sakes, because um, we've seen this movie so many times, and 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 there's not so a lot to say. There's so there's two there's two uh, subplots here. You've got. Um, Tom Atkins, actually there's multiple subplots what the hell am I saying? You've got Stevie Wayne up in the lighthouse doing her thing and she right. just lets her preteen child, I guess raised by <laughs> the kindly elderly neighbor and their hijinks you've got Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee and, and teenage runaway Jamie Lee hanging out, doing investigating the crimes to the point when they find the bodies in the boat Tom Atkins finds them again not a right. police officer. I mean, he could be a longshoreman for all I know. They cut to the freaking coroner's office. The medical examiner. They're in there. Yeah. They're in there. Jamie this Lee's sitting on a like school. a Jalo movie where all the investigators are actually old journalists and blind game makers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He was like, Tom Atkins, you want to help with the autopsy since you're here? I mean, he's like giving all the information. It was driving me crazy that they kept saying the lungs were filled with salt water. Yes. How do you know? First of all, Tom Atkins determined that without yes. ever without examining the lungs. That's and then correct. the coroner with a body perfectly intact, again, lungs filled with salt water. That's correct. I mean, I'll say this. The idea behind these little details was kind of interesting. Where it was like, oh man, everything was rusted. You know, mm -hmm. like it's been out to sea and cold. and cold and there's salt water. I mean, all these little details are kind of fun, but it is <laughs> it is handled in kind of a peculiar, a peculiar fashion, to say the least. I don't and then know what when, John Carpenter was the F doing. I don't know what he was doing. Some people have made that comment. Like sometimes we give a lot of meaning to the choices John Carpenter makes and it could be a case of he didn't really make a whole lot. He's just whatever. And then we give the we give meaning to the meaningless. <laughs> it's existential. It's it's In, deep. It's deep. I'm gonna base a whole philosophy and or religion around the meanings of this movie. Please do. Please do. <laughs> so the the pokey-eyed dude rises from the table and gets like a scalpel and you think he's going to attack Jamie Lee, but he then he just falls on the ground and then scrapes three on the ground. What the hell was that? No one else who's been killed comes back from the grave and he will, he's come back to warn everybody. Is that what that was? Yeah. And then later on they drop that it has to be six or something. There were the six conspirators. Six must die is what they Honestly, say. they went back and that, that has to be part of the reshoot. Because everybody's like, what? Huh? Well, the issue is, is that the six must die. Guess what? It's been a hundred years. The six have already died. They are dead. You win. you win. You win. You're still kicking around on, on, on your goofy ship. You win. I mean, is it revenge if you're like murdering innocent people? 
Right. If the people who you are angry with are already like uh, just dust, right. how does this hurt them? Well, and I, it was funny but is revenge. I, I feel like the person should know they're being re- gotten and for over what reason? On. And, and for, for what, what reason? reason? Yes. I mean, if you want to kill their family in front of them, that's fine. But right. that's at fine. least they know. <laughs> at least they would know that you are very angry. Right. And so now watch this. Well, and that's the thing. It's like the three fishermen who were killed, like towards the beginning of the movie. It's just coincidentally, they were also descendants of the three conspirators. It, it, it would have been. Like, almost... I'm sorry, did only six people die? Yes. Oh. Exactly six people died. And it was almost but... five. The sixth dies, like right before the closing credits, when you think everything's cool. Right. But then why were they trying to get Adrian Barbeau and her son and the neighbor? Exactly. Lady? Exactly. Well, the neighbor, the neighbor, because she gets killed. So she's clearly a descendant of one of the of one of the six conspirators. Yeah, it's a lot. It would have almost been more interesting if there's three fishermen on the boat and only one gets killed. Right. Or two like, get like killed. The creature walks right in and selects a single one while right. just repelling. See, that would have been much creepier. Then it would have made Robo Cop, where he is just looking at targeted. you and going right for you, targeted. And what about this? I thought, what if there's a scene where it's like, okay, this shit's happening in Antonio Bay, California, and then there's some dude in like Nebraska, chilling at home, and then the fog rolls in under his door. Oh, yeah, I like you know, that. Where it's just like, oh, shit, what he the hell is this all about? He's beach in Molokai, and the fog comes out of nowhere. He, he's in Anchorage, he's Alaska. Fog. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's in, he's in winter. Absolutely. He's in Philadelphia, just the chilling and watching the game. What? In, in summer, it's 150 degrees. Here comes the fog. Right. I don't... Or, that crazy sheriff that used to be on the news. <laughs> I had a bunch of ideas about how to improve this. What if every few years they keep coming back, right? The, the ghosts. So they came back the first time, but we're only able to kill one of the conspirators, right? So then every couple of years, you know, whenever the, whenever this, the current, the tide is right, I mean, make it some kind of, you know, then the fog rolls in. So it's like a legend of the beware of the fog kind of situation. I don't know. That could have been cool. I mean, honestly, it's e- easy to avoid these mother effers. You just not have to not have a shitty thin door. Because they are yeah. not fog. The fo- They are just with the fog. They still have to open the door or break it down. They knock on the door multiple times in this movie. Hello? Right. Hello? Anybody home? Well, if Ring you're the in your car, you just drive off. Well, and, and then they only hunt for an hour. Yes, from midnight until 1 o'clock. So, so at, at 11.30, I, I'm heading over to the next town in my car. Let him, let him go get one, uh, Cousin Fester or something. Let him get a Cousin Not Fester. Not going to be me. Uh, or, no question. Just don't have dry rot, shitty doors. Get some good oak doors in there. No, it's freak proof. Right. And they're lepers. So I assume there should be some weakness. And they're dead. Yes. There's. <laughs> I, there I gotta a... say, there's one Go stupid uh, jump scare 
that yes. revealed itself too soon. It was so like, stupid. Um, I can't even remember who walked into the room. Someone was walking in to go see Hal Holbrook, Father Hal. Yeah. And you literally see him standing behind the door, waiting to come out. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. <sighs> Not his best work, is that what you're saying? Not his best work. Did you notice? I mean, here's the other thing. The, there are only certain people who know about the deadly fog, right? Adrian Barbeau's kind of figured some things out. Uh, Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curse have kind of figured some things out. But Janet Lee, not Vivian Lee, by the way, Janet Lee and her little helper know nothing about the fog. They have not experienced any ill effects about the fog. And yet they're also, she's like, get out of the fog, run. They're like, okay, I guess we're going there too. This is all news to us. (laughs) No explanation. (sighs) But they live. You think that they had to get Janet Lee in there to get uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, do you think? Because this isn't the first time that Mommy has showed up on, on Daughter's uh, movie. Well, this is, the, this is Janet Lee's last movie until okay. Halloween H2O, which was also a, a Jamie Lee Curtis production. So... There you go. I mean... You know, all, all these dudes think they, they, they want to be Hitchcock, so... Absolutely, well, I do. I mean, it would have been better if it was Tippy Hedren because this is filled with Bodega Bay. Also, the town is Bodega Bay. Which they mentioned Bodega Bay. Yeah, they mentioned it. Yeah, which is interesting. well, they should mention it because that's what where they were. <laughs> is that where they filmed it, or do you know that? Yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Any last thoughts or feelings about the fog? Uh, the remake was all filmed in Canada, so F them. Clearly, John Carpenter had more swag that he could uh, produce it in California. It was cheaper at the time. Now it's like it's all about tax breaks. That's why like every other movie is now oh. filmed in Atlanta because Georgia's like, we'll roll out the red carpet. In California, they tax the hell out of you now. So right. people are like, we're not, we're not filming there anymore. So, Unless they got the good money. Unless they got the good money. Let's talk about behind the scenes, shall we? Shall we? Um, Adrian Barbeau, who played the DJ Stevie Wayne, patterned her voice after Alison Steele, who was a female disc jockey from the 1960s, also known as the Nightbird. Does that help? That, you? Does, that, that sounds like play Misty for me. That sounds the Nightbird sounds like like a, crime, a female crime fighter that, that patrols the underbelly of Los Angeles. Kicking ass and taking names. DJ by night. Crime fighter also by night. I don't know how that works. You have to take a day off right now and again. She just taped it and put it in and then captured the hillside strangler. (laughs) Stranglers. Although this was essentially a low budget independent movie. Shocking, I know. John Carpenter chose to shoot the movie in anamorphic widescreen Panavision. The decision gave the movie a grander feel for the viewer, so it didn't feel like a low-budget horror movie. Anamorphic? What does that even mean? Like it's part zebra? What does that it's mean? Part, Anamorphic widescreen? What is that? that? Just, it's, you know, the dimensions of the screen, basically, to make it seem not TV uh, dimensions. So oh, yeah. Go. Throw some more money at this shit, Storm. After a rough cut of this movie appeared to be much too short for theatrical release, about 80 minutes, John Carpenter subsequently added more scenes. 
Among these was the prologue with the elderly captain telling ghost stories to fascinated children by the campfire. That's Jack I Oscar. heard what I heard was Jeez. it had to be recut and a third of the movie uh, sh- like a third of the movie had to still be shot because it made no sense when they screened it at the end. It's so still they added no more, more scenes, like a 30% more to try to make it coherent. <laughs> Not a shocker. Not a shocker. The lead and still holes everywhere. Is this like a Larry David production where we just have sets and you just just say whatever's on your mind? Is that what's going on? It yes. works for Larry David. Not working here. The lead ghost Blake was played by makeup specialist Rob Botine. When Rob Botine asked for the job, John Carpenter told him to stand up. <laughs> Botine did then expect Carpenter to say and get out. But Carpenter saw that Botine was a very large man at 6'5", which was needed for the character, so he hired him. So there you go. Rob Botine is also the guy who did all the special effects for The Thing. I'm sure you're thrilled to know. And yet, no melted crayon monsters here. When you would think with leprosy, you could have some shit dripping off. That would have been good. Although, I have to say, the most effective thing in this movie is at the end of the church. With the fog and the people backlit, but with glowing eyes. That was cool. That, that was, was cool. the best part. That was the well, best part of this things, movie. They had to be lepers. Because they had to give the townspeople a reason to commit the murder, I guess, right? Do people really need big reasons beyond the money? I, I mean, because even that is not a good reason. <laughs> That's not a good reason to kill people. Anyway. People do crazy shit. I had to take this ethnic studies class when I was up in Humboldt. And one of it is about the uh, the Chinese expulsion from Humboldt County, where they were okay. given 24 hours to pack up everything they had, and they dumped them in San Francisco. Yeah, there's, there's horrible stuff going along. All this could time. have been something like that, but I think this is actually based on a real shipwreck not involving lepers, just involving green. Was it the Edmund Fitzgerald? Is that the it one? It was down, 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 down. <laughs> Jazz music was used for Stevie Wayne's radio station because the royalties were much more affordable than royalties for rock music. Makes sense. And then John Carpenter did all the other music. He was the he goblet of this situation. He does all that stuff, man. Ain't no lie. Um, The role of Father Malone was originally offered to Sir Christopher Lee, who believed the character could be the father of the community. However, Lee proved unavailable, and Hal Holbrook was eventually cast. I gotta tell you, I'm not a huge Hal Holbrook fan. Not that he's, you know, a bad person, but Christopher Lee would have been amazing. Absolutely. This was the cinematic debut of actress Adrian Barbeau. Before this, she was just on TV. For on mod. Absolutely. Which is funny. I was reading this thing how um, a different actress was hired uh, as Maud's daughter in the pilot. And that when they hired uh, Adrian Barbeau to play it for the rest of the series, her performance was too soft. Like B. Arthur didn't like the way she played the daughter. She wanted her to be tougher and stronger, which is kind of ironic. 
So well, th- which is weird because you have to. B. Arthur's character was tough and strong, so you right. have to. Usually, you have to have the. You can't have just two people screaming. That's not very interesting. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Absolutely. Now, I noticed this immediately. Like, there are a bunch of characters in this movie named after John Carpenter, like, friends and co-workers, essentially. Right. Uh, Tom Atkins' character's name is Nick Castle. Nick Castle was, like, uh, he worked on the original Halloween and actually played uh, Michael Myers in most of that movie. The actor. He's actor, producer type. Tommy Wallace was like a production designer. That's the name of another character in this. Dan O'Bannon is the oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> there, he was just like practically every other character's name. I'm shocked there wasn't a character just named Adrian Barbeau, for God's sakes. <laughs> I didn't so. pick up on that at all. Well, because it's just kind of, hey, Nick. Hey, Tom. Hey, Dan. Yeah. You have to look in the uh, the credits to actually get it. Shall we talk about the ratings? Lay it on me. The Fog currently sits at 75% fresh. Do you know what the audience gave it? 74? 65. Boom. Very upsetting. Let's look at the top critics, shall we? Um, Vincent Canby of the New York Times says, Unlike Halloween, which is a model of straightforward horror, and carefully controlled suspense, the fog is constructed of random diversions. It's just rando. (laughs) They are random. Totally random. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times says... This can't be good. Can't be good. The movie's made with style and energy, but it needs a better villain. Two out of four. Oh, necrotic pirate dudes? That's not a good villain? Well, because they're just kind of faceless shapes yeah. in the in the fog, I guess. There's all kinds maybe. of things that Perhaps. could make this better. Uh, variety staff. Story exposition and setting are well established before the opening titles are over. And the fog proceeds to layer one fright atop another. What a bunch of that. shit. That person was paid off. That's payola. That's variety staff. What? Yeah. What so, is so your rating? shame they can't put their name on it. God, no uh, shame. Go ahead. I mean, really, this is uh, this is two ice picks out, out of uh, five in your ass because. But saying that, I still watch it when it's on. It's just goofy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. But I would not say it's a good movie. Um, I'm, I'm with go- the audience. This is like a D. Yeah, it's yeah. a D, but a, but a nostalgia C plus. <laughs> I'm gonna give it 2.5 uh, conspirators, long dead, out of five, because like Ooh. you said, it's like the the kind of vibe behind it, the the basic bare bones is kind of interesting. You know, I like the idea of the fog, and there's ghostly characters in the fog coming to get their revenge. I kind of dig that. But it kind of, again, like we said, the whole revenge plot kind of flies in the face of they're attacking everybody, right? right. And just kind of accidentally murdered the six conspirators. Unless it's just incest town and everyone's only allowed to have one baby, but only after one person dies. Absolutely. Now, how about they just say, we're out to destroy the town? 
right? We're out because this town was filled was was formed with our blood and our gold. We're we're gonna destroy the town. We're gonna kill everybody we see. Then that kind well, of what would happen if they rolled up and the town was already destroyed? Then they roll back out. Do they go to the next town? What <laughs> They just turn around, went back, go back in a hundred years, see who's there. Go door to door. No. Why wait a hundred years? Why wait a hundred years? That's it. We were waiting for the celebration for the fireworks spectacular. Where's uh, our invitation? <laughs> that's exactly right. It's look, it's not horrible. There's things I like about it quite a bit, but there's a lot they're just kind of like, eh, eh. You're like, whatever. Why are they, what? Why are they doing that? Yeah. Why is Tom Atkins investigating? Why are they in bed together? Why is Jamie Lee Curtis in this at all? What Why does she, she bring in this? to the story at all? Except Nothing. to see crazy Tom Atkins and just walk with him. That's 100% correct. She, Tom Atkins does some investigating and he drags along the teenage runaway with him. That's, that he's po- poking. And quite frankly, he was like, huh, I thought you were leaving. You're still here? Very upsetting. Let's talk, you know what? I, I keep doing this. Let's talk her about daddy, the cast. Her daddy lover. Her daddy, <laughs> 100%. Uh, this movie, as you know, was directed by John Carpenter. Famously directed The Fog. Halloween, Dark Star, Escape from New York, thousands of other things. Wrote, directed, uh, did the music. He does it all. He's a Renaissance man. This movie stars Adrian Barbo as Stevie Wayne, the kindly uh, <laughs> disc jockey. You know her from Escape from New York, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, Creep Show. People. She's all over the place. And The Fog, of course. Mod. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis played teenage runaway Elizabeth Solly. You know her from such things as Halloween 2018. Recently, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Academy Award winner. She was so good with that. She was really good. I know you hated that movie, but it was fantastic. It was it was tonally uneven. Let me just say that. Yeah, you're shit in mind. She was in True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I yep. enjoyed quite a bit. Yep. And Halloween H2O 20 years later. And other things. Uh, let's see. Janet Lee, not to be confused with Vivian Lee, was <laughs> Kathy Williams, the town matriarch, who evidently was not related to any of the co-conspirators. You know her from Psycho, The Manchurian Candidate, yep. Touch of Evil. Yeah. And the fog. Boom. Uh, John Houseman, who's in a movie we did not long ago, Rollerball. You know him. He was Mr. Matchin, which is bizarre because he's in one scene as old crazy pirate. What's fascinating about John Houseman is I believe he was always old. He was always. He always. was always old. He always looked the same. I think we can go back to the 1930s and he will look exactly the same. Easily. You know him from The Paper Chase in 1973. He played Bartholomew in Rollerball. He was in Three Days of the Condor, and he was in The Fog. They said that at this time, people would hire like Orson Welles to make little bizarre cameos. Yeah. But if he was out of their price range, they would hire John Houseman instead to, do, to fill the same role as the wise old person. We'll serve no wine before it's time. That's right. Tom Atkins played Nick Castle. 
You know him from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, The Fog, My Bloody Valentine in 2009, and of course he played Ray Cameron in Night of the Creeps. All sarcastic. And of course we've got Hal Holbrook, played Father Malone. You know him from such things as Into the Wild in 2007. He was Preston Blair in Lincoln in 2012. He was deep throated all the president's men. I, I didn't know that. Let's he was in uh, Creep Show. It's nah. a good times had by all. Nah. So, thank you very much. Go to our pages on Facebook, X, Threads. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. You may be watching us on YouTube at the very moment. Um, you can also well, not unless we're live streaming. We might be. Who's to say? You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, and review. Won't you? Won't you please? Aaron, what is your social media situation? Before I tell you that. Please. What do you like better, the fog or the mist? As far as damp weather-related movies. Ooh, what do I like better? The fog? I know. It's kind of campy and kitschy. I like. I, I think I do, too. Well, and, and the special effects in The Mist are just not the greatest. I don't like the, the CGI. When it's when it's not good, it's not great. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. So, such is life. Enjoy some practical effects. All right. I am on the gram. I am on the threads. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. You can buy my... Polaroids on Artsy and First Dibs, although I think I'm ending that, so I I might be over on Sachi Art. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So do yourself a favor and get those goodies for God's sakes. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. It it really is. It'll stuff my stocking. What we try to do each week is include questions, comments from listeners slash viewers. And I haven't done this in a while. I'm going into the YouTube archives, if you will, to see people's thoughts and feelings. Uh, From our Rollerball episode, Leo Allen Jr. says, pure 70s magic. And I agree. Absolutely. Um. In our face-off episode, Pablo Gunner 007 says, I love how Aaron craps on Kevin's opinions in the movies right away. (laughs) You're the one who likes it. I'll tell you what, for God's sakes. (laughs) From our Speak No Evil episode, uh, Nicole 11 says, Tim Curry and Javier Bardem, that's so much eye-bag action. No question. We agree on that one at least. So, next week, we're having a special guest. Andres from the Latin Jukebox will be joining us to discuss the 2008 horror classic, Funny Games. You can watch that for cash, I'm sad to say, on Amazon Prime or pretty much anywhere else that rents uh, digital video. So, send in your favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, and questions, and we may talk about it on the show. So we we will, if they're good enough comments or questions, for goodness sake. (laughs) 
So thank you very much and be well. Be well, children.